The great colony ship stood on the launch pad, looming unconcerned above the whirl of preparation which went on around its base as its crew made ready to board. The shimmering vessel was one of the vast fleet used by the government of the United Galaxy to convey pioneer settlers from Mars base in the Sol system to their designated planets. Its cluster of cylinders, joined by buttresses and braces, looked gothic and ornate, but were actually functional conduit and passageway. Through the smoke-tinted atmosphere dome above it, the two small moons of Mars, Deimos and Phobos, were visible, racing one another across the sky. The ship's current complement of colonists were bound for the outer reaches of Twelfth Sector, beyond the current perimeter of UG space. Because half of the ship's year-long trip would carry it away from the last available repair facility, it needed to be as self-reliant and as immune to incapacity as human technicians could make it. Rigorous inspections had been carried out and double-checked. Most of the loading was complete. The last items to go on were the small containers of personal possessions— intended to make the long journey more comfortable and lend a touch of civilization to the colonists' new home. The colony leader, a tall, raw-boned woman clad in the thin metallic weave of a pressure suit, watched the wheeled loaders with a careful eye. She winced as one of the polygonal boxes missed the hatch and slammed against the side of the vessel. Clumsy louts! It's enough to make my blood pressure skyrocket! She glanced at the medical technician who was examining her. Off the record, of course. Of course. Raise your arms, please. Dr. Shauna Taylor, a cheerful young woman of 26, prodded the captain's elbow with a small piece of medical apparatus, urging her to raise her arms above her head. She was the physician assigned to the colony until it lifted off. Her job was to make certain the crew was as ready as the ship for its long and rigorous journey. Shauna held the device a few inches from the woman's ribcage and walked around her. Good thing we're getting out of here today, the captain said. If anyone pokes any more holes in me, I'll leak. <laughs> this is the last, I promise you. I'm just getting one final check-in before you seal the hatch. Electrocardiogram normal, electroencephalogram within normal range... Resting pulse low, Shauna noted, and check, check, check on the rest of the captain's metabolism. I'm curious, Shauna said, glancing at the businesslike crew around her. She was interested in what made people tick. Your settlement party is composed entirely of women. That's an unusual choice. It's our contention that an all-woman colony gets along better than one that's co-ed or all-male the captain said firmly. Because of the climate and wildlife on the planet we're taking, we need to stay a sisterhood as tightly knit as we can make it. Each of us must be prepared to take charge if necessary. If we don't, we won't survive. I don't want to have a dominance battle with a man who attempts to take over the whole settlement and run things his way. Our shrink interviewed a lot of people. A lot of good technicians and admin people didn't make the cut because they couldn't function under the circumstances we'll be facing. We managed to convince the government that the colony would function better for us this way.
One little thing could undo all our careful work. Someone who complains too much, one with pernicious body odor, one with annoying nervous habits, that could kick us all over the edge if we're forced to hole up and hibernate together over the winter season. I can't afford to take that risk. It was true. The makeup of a colony was a very personal and particular thing. It took the vision of an individual, who usually became colony leader, to design a worldview that would hold together for the initial months of settlement, the most difficult phase to survive. Once the colony was well-established, things might change, 